All right. So my name is Patrice Green, and I've been thinking of a podcast idea with some of my sister scholars for a while now. I'm a doctoral student, and my research interest centers on how to best support black women and girls in educational spaces. This passion in this topic led to wanting to create a platform for support by us and for us. But as you know, life happens, school happens, and you're trying to juggle a billion things at once. But then I had the opportunity to study abroad in Ghana. And this experience was much more than just educational. It was emotional. It was spiritual, and it happened at the right time in which I needed it in my life. And I believe it impacted me in ways that I have yet to discover and will have to dissect continuously as I hope to return. Even in this opening, I'm trying to hold back tears and find words because it's almost indescribable. What it means to be African-American, to be black, and to travel the same paths of our ancestors. To touch my hands in the river the last bath, or the Asin Maso, where our ancestors took their last bath, before being transported to Cape Coast Castle, where many were there for weeks to months on end, and dungeons fit for 200, but piled up with a thousand other bodies, shackled and chained. To place my hands in that very river and to set foot in those same dungeons is a powerful in so many ways. I think about our ancestors who didn't survive, but I also think about those that did and what they endured. So I, um, so that I and so that we could be here to share these stories that quite frankly aren't shared with us in the context of our American educational system. Oral history has a long tradition of black communities across the diaspora. I want to archive this experience and this journey in a way that is accessible, vulnerable, and hopefully meaningful. Because it is beautiful to be welcomed so graciously to Ghana with welcome arms. So with that, I want to introduce you to my guest, my guest sis Ashley, who's also a doctoral student. She's bomb, she's black, she's Nigerian-American scholar, yes, yes, who I met about a year ago. She's one of my favorite people because y'all, sis is deep, intelligent, but also a guide on how to balance your responsibilities with grace and a low level of stress. She also took a trip to Ghana with me alongside other faculty and students. So I want to bring her on the talk uh, to talk about her experience as a, Niger- a Nigerian-American visited Ghana for, what, this is your first time? Yes, ma'am. So for her first time. Um, so I brought Ashley on here to talk about her experience. So... Let's just dive into the question, sis. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your research interests. Okay, so hi everyone. My name is Ashley Ogwo. Uh, I am a first year doctoral student studying higher education here at the University of Maryland. Uh, Patrice is my cohort mate. Woo, 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 like woo, woo. Call her, you know? uh, She's in my cohort, y'all. Don't 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 <laughs> let her tell you something other. You, you might catch her in the street trying to say she not, but she my cohort mate for real, for real, y'all. <laughs> you see, we have a good time. This is what we mean by we like uh, we're we're in the midst of a stressful time, but you you gotta handle it with humor and, and grace and laughter. So uh, I'll let her get back to. It. 
to her part. (laughs) Um, So my research interests around the Black diaspora, uh, particularly as it pertains to how to build uh, effective relationships between different Black ethnic groups such as Black Africans, Black Americans, Black Caribbeans, to name a few, um, and to think about how we can better our channels of communication um, across difference. And also thinking about what are the stereotypes that are impacting our ability to communicate with each other, and then larger, um, how is higher education playing a role in either perpetuating or helping to decolonize this mindset of um, difference? So how are we being able to see within our higher education curriculum or spaces uh, whether blackness across the board, across the diaspora, across difference um, is being celebrated rather than uh, negated? Perfect. Thank you. So Ashley went on this two-week study abroad trip with me to Ghana earlier in this month of January. And I would say it was an impactful experience for both of us. But you have a particular connection to Ghana and Nigeria. So why don't you share that and how that kind of aligns with your research interests as well? Sure thing. So um, my parents were actually born, well, my father was born and raised in Nigeria. Um, My mom was actually born in Ghana. Um, two Nigerian parents so my mom spent maybe four or five years in Ghana before her parents moved back to Nigeria with her Um, so she is the only one of her siblings uh, to be born in Ghana Um, but again raised in a Nigerian household two Nigerian parents and so that's really my connection with um, the continent but also specifically with Nigeria and Ghana so the purpose of me going on the trip was multifold. It definitely um, related to my research interests because it has to deal specifically with the Black diaspora and then also being able to further the voices of West African scholars. So a lot of times in research, we're not really focusing on those perspectives globally around Blackness. So. Um, It was an opportunity to hear what the continent is also having to say about blackness, about celebrating culture, about celebrating identity. Um, And then also to be able to visit my mom's birthplace um, to get a better understanding of what she saw, what she heard, and what she felt and experienced, even as a child growing up in Ghana. And I think it's important to draw context into that as well too um i know if you are somebody that's studying higher education or student affairs and higher uh, or in america in this context a lot of it has been turned into about let's talk about decolonizing mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. so to me it was very common it was soothing it was beautiful want to go to ghana and see black students learning through the lens of something that's not white and which I think happens a lot of time not only in K-12 but higher education systems too. So being in a place or being in a position in which you see black women and black men, they're all present in the university there, but also not just talking about blackness in opposition to whiteness, but also blackness, like this is where not just black people were created, but where humanity was created, right? And so seeing like the beauty in, we went to uh, Kwame Nkrumah uh, University of Science and Technology, and we talked to a few um, graduate students that were artists, and so even thinking about what does it mean to be blackness, like in the 
lens of art in which it's not seen through like our our trauma or pain isn't seen through the lens or the gaze of white people so it was I think a very powerful very emotional trip and I know that um you being directly connected to it I kind of want to talk about what were your emotions heading up into the trip but also like what emotions you might have been experienced experiencing on the trip as well too so as leading up to the trip my emotions are kind of in two main places um it was going to be my second time setting foot on the continent the first time that i went i was a baby actually um turned two in nigeria and so way too young to remember anything about the continent i only had the stories that my parents are telling me and the pictures um that i saw and so it was a chance for me to step back onto the continent as an adult fully aware of what's going on around me and so being able to really take in the beauty the culture the people um that was something that was very meaningful to me so I knew it was going to be a really emotional experience um and then the second part of that emotion was a little bit of um hesitation as it relates to I guess a little bit of nervousness just because other folks are also going to the continent um, for the first time um, and they have heard, you know, the typical stereotypes about Africa, um, about it being backwards or poverty ridden or, you know, seeing starving children, things like that. So a lot of the negative stereotypes and connotations associated with the continent. Um, So I know from pictures I know from stories from my family um, about some of the things that are true Um, and so a little bit of nervousness around what other folks were going to see and associate with the continent as a whole versus associating with that specific part of the country that we were going into Um, and so that was a little bit about the emotions that I was feeling kind of going in Um, but overall just excitement just uh, happiness around being able to come back home Mm. Um, and that Mm. was something that was really really powerful for me Um, and then my emotions on the trip I would say again just that feeling of peace Mm. um, of joy of wanting to see my people thrive in a way that they have not been given the space to in an American context Um, I think that that was something that was so beautiful and it was a continuous reinforcement of my research interest, what I want to do outside of the academy, um, just being able to build relationships across black people because it was just so beautiful to see so many different types, shades, colors, um, jobs that folks were occupying, all by black people. And it was just amazing yep. to see the pride that they had within their cultures um, because it's something that's usually not talked about here, especially I think that there are times in which folks have to choose, one, if they're coming from the continent, whether or not they are going to be proud of their identity, their heritage. And I've met folks who do not want to be associated with the continent, even if they were born and raised there. Um, so they'll be like, don't call me by any other name except for an English name. Don't Like, I don't want to speak another language. Uh, just, you know, a complete almost disowning of their heritage. And so seeing in Ghana just this 
pride and not to say like, oh, everyone else is less than, but a pride in what they're producing, what they have to offer folks was something that was refreshing. Mm. Um, and so one thing that my dad said that really was prevalent for me throughout the trip, he said it our first night there, um, he was talking about how before I only had stories and had to rely on their own memories for my experience with the continent. And now I have my own experiences. I've seen, I've heard, I've viewed different things. And now I can make my own stories. And so that was something that I think was very salient for me, very emotional to think about. um, Because I think a lot of times folks give you a perception of something. um, And to actually see something for yourself is completely different. Uh, And so I think that a lot of the folks on the trip had that same or a similar um, experience of you hear things mm-hmm. versus seeing it in person for the first time. Um, very powerful, very spiritual experience, very emotional, um, very feeling heavy. And so just being able to allow myself to feel all the things that come with being on a continent, occupying a space that literally has been colonized so many different times but also has still continued to find strength in the people that are there um, that look like us and so it was very very amazing just to piggyback off of that Ghana was so beautiful it took my breath away Mm. the only thing I could ever relate it to was the first time when I moved from Texas to Denver and I saw mountains for the first time mm. and it literally brought me to tears because I had never seen anything so beautiful up close. But this talk that when you think about the connection that we as all black people should have to the continent, but we were stripped away from it. And just to see black people in the midst of it, like we're literally like touching our hands in the waters that our ancestors took their last bath in before they they were shipped to America to be slaves. We're literally in the same dungeon spaces. And so to see that connection, that history up close, it was truly, uh, there was not a day that I did not cry on that trip. (laughs) She's laughing because every day the tears are coming. And it was, it's going to take a while to dissect what it truly meant like I'm just starting to grasp some of it but it's gonna take a while because my hope and my dream is that we all as black people get a chance to experience Ghana in a way that we did not just for like tourism but in an educational intentional I think impactful way in which we were talking to other educators talking to other students um Supporting the local economy, learning about like indigra symbols, stamping, and everybody knows about like the dope ass kente cloths that people will wear for stoles for graduation, and having the opportunity to make one um, in a village, and you choose the symbols and you pass it on and be able to tell the stories. I feel like a lot of those traditions they were broken away from us, not it because somebody stole them away, um, and so the trip itself had a lot so many things were impactful so I guess my next question to you um is what do you think or what was like the most impactful experience or experiences you put all the experiences Ooh, in this yeah. girl I'm um, visiting Ghana because I feel like 
we saw so much yes. in the two weeks that we were there. Shout out to our bus driver, Kristen. Kristen, <laughs> my God. Ghana Worldwide. Mr. If you've Ghana. ever been to Ghana, it's a totally different driving system than it is here. And this man, I said, literally moved mountains for us Ooh. to be able to experience uh, Ghana up close, the beauty of it for the first time. So. Yeah, he did. He didn't have to do it, but but I'm glad he did. No, in all seriousness, he was the MVP of the trip, um, and so gotta shout him out. But I also want to talk about what was the most impactful experience sight we saw and you can like I said girl put all the experiences in it uh, because I know for me personally I couldn't even just choose one right I'm sitting here trying to think like all of it was just amazing because every single thing that we did my mind just went to look at what black people can do Mm. look at what we have to offer and I think that was one of the most prevalent emotions that I felt. The one thing that really overwhelmed me was just seeing so much that we had to offer, especially thinking about the stereotypes about our continent Mm. and how much folks literally do not want us to go back to the continent Mm. or have us thinking that the only place that's worth visiting is South Africa where white people are. All right now. All right now. I literally was sitting there just thinking, reflecting, even as we're driving, we don't even have to be at a specific place, just driving. I'm like, look at these mountains, look at the trees, look at the greenery, look at these animals that we're seeing. I had never seen a peacock before <laughs> in my life in person. Yeah. And literally a peacock was right next to me. Mm. Several peacocks. <laughs> Several like, peacocks. <laughs> chickens roaming free, goats roaming free. Like it was just something that was breathtaking because you can't make these things up Mm. and a lot of times you can't see these things in America Mm. seeing like how free everything is Mm. one of the things that I was um, reflecting on was just even the children seeing how freely they moved about that was one of my favorite things to watch from the bus it's just seeing children going to Mm. and from different houses compounds Mm. just talking to friends family members like as if there's no worries. You can't do that in a lot of places in America. Like, I know in my community, I grew up in Detroit, you have to be watching your kid to and fro in order to make sure that they're okay. They can't just be running around by themselves, no type of supervision. But there, it was like a trust, an inherent yes. trust in yes. the people around you, the environment around mm-hmm. you, that they will also take care of your child. And so that was something that was so beautiful to me and impactful that and then just the conversations that we had with folks from Ghana I think like hearing their perspective you literally heard how important their culture was to them and every single thing that they said Mm -hmm. it wasn't just about like look we have these problems or we can learn a lot from um westerners it was okay we have these problems we have these issues and this is what we're doing to um better our situation or this is what we feel that we can offer everything had to do with linking back to their culture linking back to something that mm-hmm. they found themselves grounded in and I think that was one of the most beautiful things to name was this tie to the culture this mm. pride 
in it that no one could take away from them. And it was apparent in everything from conversations we had to when they were talking about the Adinkra stamping that they did to when they were talking about the kente weaving that they did. Even to seeing some of the folks we were interacting with in the market, like just the pride that they had around the products that they're making, it was just something phenomenal. Like all of these things told a story. And some of them with words and some of them without words. And it was just beautiful to be a part of that. I think some of the more emotional things around the diaspora that I felt were definitely a Simaso, um, the mm-hmm. River of the Last Bath, and also Cape Coast Castle. Yeah. I think that was where you really felt the ancestors and what it was that they were trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. I think that that was something that we don't, I think, sometimes as black people, we don't have the chance to connect Mm. with our ancestors, especially because of thinking about our relationship with religion and spirituality and folks, particularly white folks, deeming our own native religions and understanding of spiritual um, nature to like the devil, basically. Um, Them demonizing it. And so being able to be in a space in which you're saying you connect with the ancestors and not mm. and then not being something that's looked down upon mm-hmm. was something that was very impactful and yeah. so um I found myself thinking in those spaces about like these these are all of our ancestors yeah yeah it's not just about difference it's not just about who had who was taken and who was left on the continent mm-hmm. everyone experienced some type of brutalization, brutality, torture, trauma, violence. Um, And so being able to see that these are all of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what we, with our lives, are going to be able to accomplish what they could not because it was stolen from them. Mm. And so Mm. thinking about all of it just made me, like... It's literally lit a fire under me to be like, okay, what am I doing when I go back yeah. to make sure that all my black people are <laughs> going to the top? Like, yeah, yeah. They asked us to say, you know, like a prayer or make a wish or like mm-hmm. just and talking to the ancestors. And my one thing was for all my black people to be great. Mm. And mm. for me, that was something like literally I tell Patrice all the time. I don't care about nothing else. I'm just here to liberate my people. Like, <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's just it comes down to that. But part of that liberation is for us to understand that yes, we have our differences, mm. but we also have our similarities. And white folks want us to focus on difference. Mm. And that's what is going to hinder us. We're allowing other folks to have the conversation for us instead of being an active participant. Mm. And so that's my main thing is how do we bring different black folks to the table um, to have a conversation that's meaningful, that's impactful, that goes beyond just one aspect of culture or one aspect of um, our heritage. Mm. So how are we allowing the unity of our ancestors Mm -hmm. to be present in our conversations and our being today. Mm. 
I think for me, one of the most impactful things is when we went to the river at the last bath and you walk in, right, and you see pictures of all the African-American mm. leaders. Mm. And so for to me, that was the first connection that I felt like, dang, there are all these similarities mm-hmm. across the black diaspora. And hearing our tour guide said, we respect all these black American leaders because they continue to fight. Yes for resistance against them. I mean, they had everyone you could think of. And even when we went to W.E.B. Du Bois, seeing that connection, um, it was overwhelming. And even being at the River of the Last Bath, like you said, we set our intentions, we flipped a coin, and my intention was just, like, for peace within the black community and for us all, like you said, to be able to prosper. Um, Seeing so many black businesses just up and down the street, just, I mean, it is truly a beautiful thing because beautiful... Beauty to me is simplistic, right? And I feel like in America, that view of beauty is distorted mm-hmm. in which we have certain images that are tied to like your eccentric v- v- beings and views, right? That aren't where we come from, that aren't us um, inside. So it was, it, it was just a breathtaking experience, but I love seeing like the connection and the support around black people across the diaspora. Like, you even feel it, like, when you go there, everybody's, like, welcoming you, asking mm-hmm. you, like, are you Ghanaian? Maybe just me, but they were asking me just. if I'm, like, Ghanaian, right? <laughs> uh, giving me hugs, wanting to talk to me, having those conversations, getting to know what's important, and not viewing Ghana, like you said, from, like, a deficit lens, mm-hmm. but all this beauty, all this strength, all this power that is there. But for me, most specifically, Woo, I'm looking bad. The I think the most impactful sight that I saw was the Cape Coast Slave Castle. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit. It's because our tour guide was phenomenal. Yes. Um, and I don't know how you could relive and tell that story. 10, 12, 13 times a day or multiple tour groups, some that have a connection to the diaspora and some that are just viewing it just to get through uh, with no emotion. Uh, And so shout out to him because he did the damn thing. But being there, he drew the stories to life. The way that he talked about a thousand women and children being in a room with no light, shackled, chained, I could almost smell what he was talking about. People having to urinate on themselves. Like, because there was no space. I could almost feel the illness and the sickness. But I also loved how in that same thing, in that imagery, he was like, I want y'all to know that our ancestors did fight back. And he said, a lot of times I have people that come up here and they're like, why didn't our ancestors fight? And like, they're angry about that. And he's like, no, they did. I want you to know many people lost their life at this castle trying to fight back. Um, to me, that was the most impactful experience. Like even like breaking down like religion and the aspect of that. And he was. And this is not going to go into like a tangent whether Christianity belongs to white people or black people. That's not where this is going. <laughs> That's a topic on on its own thing. But he just even talking about how religion is was manipulated by men, right? By by men, by people, right? And so he talked about how they had built a church 
um, up above Cape Coast Castle. So below are people in dungeons in there for like weeks, months on ends. And they hear people like worshiping God, like a different God than what they're doing. So he talks about like the psychological toll that was happening to our ancestors before they ever set foot in America. So for me, I took away the intentionality of the evil. And so I think a lot of times in American context, we talk about slavery as, oh, it happened. But no, somebody enslaved and captured our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so putting a name on it and recognizing that was not just physical and psychological, um, that was an experience that it, 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 it's going to take a while to dissect. But I even think like going through like the Cape Coast Museum, right? Yes. Um, so you, we don't learn about slavery <laughs> and American uh, educational systems. If you did, send me your textbook. Because I remember even like the debate that was going on in Texas a couple years ago when they were taking out slavery out of it or they were changing the words talking about, uh, you know, they were transported here or, you know, they uh, they came to America. And it's like, oh, true, yeah, transported by force, right? And so trying to, what I say, widen shit up and not be real about what actually happened. And so being like in the Cape Coast Museum, right, and learning about the history of slavery in a way that we just don't hear, like learning that a third of them went to Brazil, like we're, we don't talk about this stuff, learning where our ancestors actually ended up and learning about the different types of slavery and just even seeing for me, seeing in the words, like there literally was a sentence that talked about, you know, People came to Cape Coast to trade and sell like gold, food, and slaves. And just seeing slaves put there like it was nothing, it really, and we didn't even have enough time to go through the entire museum. We had to start touring it. But just seeing the panels and what we saw, I'm like, there's so much missing from my history. So I think for me, my call to action is how do I connect the dots that I learned here and take it back with me because my you know, my my I'm always got an idea running in my head and so what do I want to do and how do I want to manifest it um yeah Cape Coast to me was like a call to action and of course like the river of the last bath like it, crying there there was a part where he talked about um your name that you have is not really your name. And he called out, I think the name Morris, and then he also called out the name Brown. So my last name is a color. And so I started th- I started thinking about it. I was like this is not the name that was given to me. Like I didn't I didn't choose this name. Somebody chose it to me. And just being in Ghana and them giving you your Ghanaian name, what which was is your Ghanaian name. My Ghanaian name. So your Ghanaian name was based off uh the day of the week that you were born. So my Ghanaian name was after Tuesday, Abina is my name. And so share your name. Okoswa. Yes, know, yes. That a con language because apparently it differs <laughs> Ooh. depending on the tribe that you're from. Woo! So, okay. You know, Shout out to all the Ghanaians over here <laughs> listening who are like, it's not a Ghanaian name. It's our Akan name that we were told. So yes, yes, yes. Abena and Akoswa, yes. So just even being there in, I, 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 I'm even struggling like to put piece together the words now in the experience, but I think to me, Cape Coast and of course the River the Last Bath, um, as far as like sites go, uh, it, it, I want my dream is literally for every 
black person to be able to see that and experience it up close and connect the dots and have this urge and this desire to figure out where your heritage comes from because that has been a question that's been circulating I think a while for me now but it actually is like no Patrice you need to figure this out and the time is now like we talked about earlier timing is everything and this trip happened at the right time in which I feel like my questions could be answered but outside of like the context of like sites that we saw I think um just the experience we had at Cape Coast, University of Cape Coast. Um, it was a Friday afternoon where we were there a couple hours. We got to talk to different faculty, staff, and students about their experience, right? And so just talking to other black graduate students, right, in Ghana about their experiences and seeing the commonalities to me, that was just emotional. Um, it cannot be taught. Honestly, like kudos to black women that put this program together. Um, I don't know too many other places that are doing something like that. So if you are in a doctoral program, master's program, uh, you need to take this class at some point. Um, Because it is definitely, I think it's definitely worth it. It cannot be, it cannot be, it it, it can't be taught. And I'm already planning, like, when to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, I think, being back in America now, I'm like, wow, that was so fast. When can I go back to Ghana? I want to see other countries on the continent um, of Africa. Like, it just, I don't think that you can just go once no. and feel satisfied. Because now it's, I feel like it's a duty to my ancestors mm-hmm. to go back complete the gaps in my knowledge and bring it back to my family, my friends who may not have the opportunity um, to go. So I feel I, like that's part of that fight, though, mm. in today's um, society. Like, the fight that you mentioned that our ancestors had, I feel like that's our fight today. Mm. To make sure, and that's again, going back to like what it is that we're gonna do with mm. the knowledge that mm. we have. Mm-hmm. Um because more people do need to go to the continent. Yeah. Wherever you can go, go there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't stop going. Mm. Because I think one of the main things that sometimes we uh, let slip bias is the fact that the continent is so large. Yeah. And there are so many different types of people, even within the same country. Yeah. You can literally go... Um, 20 minutes away driving and it's a completely different people a completely mm-hmm. different language being spoken and so go and visit and learn more for yourself mm-hmm. don't let other mm-hmm. folks dictate your knowledge of your continent it is yes, your, your continent, continent. alright not anybody else's you are don't let them your continent it is your continent do not let folks who don't look like you tell you about your own people mm-hmm. at a different place and time it's literally one of the things that i'm like when can i go back how many times can i go back who can i bring with me because it's not just about me other people need to experience what we experienced other people need to also feel what we felt in those spaces because this this continent was literally made for black people Mm -hmm. the sun is always out there the weather is always amazing. The sun yes, is kissing yes, your yes. skin. That's for you. Yes. That's for you welcoming Woo! you home. All right. You need to go experience that all right. for yourself. I tell people all the time, I'm like, don't don't let white people tell you about something that you should experience for yourself. Yeah. Don't let them tell you about your own continent. Like, 
they'll have you out here thinking, oh, I can't go to any of these places because it might be dangerous, it might be X, Y, and Z. But they're in all of these places. Exactly. They're exactly. in all right the pictures. Exactly. They're in all the pictures. Exactly. They're in the pictures in Ghana, Nigeria, Seychelles, Mauritius, <laughs> any place that you have never heard of, they're there. They're there. Like, so let this be a lesson you go there too Mm -hmm. you belong there Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we belong there and that's something that I feel like they don't tell you here because they're so focused on division you belong there it's a birthright absolutely and that's one of the things that was prevalent everyone said in Ghana anyone who we were talking to didn't matter if you were born in Ghana born in another uh, African country born in the states born in Europe doesn't matter they were literally like you belong here. Ghana mm-hmm. has something for you, especially, especially if you're black. They're always mm-hmm. welcoming you home. Mm-hmm. Like, that was something that I was like, wow, people need to experience this. Mm-hmm. They need to experience that welcoming because we as black people are very welcoming people. Yes, yes, And I yes. think that seeing it on the continent lets you know, like, this is something that spans generations, spans yeah. oceans mm-hmm. and time. Like, it, it's something that's just mind-boggling and indescribable to think about like so much that we have to offer mm-hmm. ourselves and other people the, my main thing is what we have to offer ourselves mm-hmm. and what we're able to take up to build our own people up across the globe mm-hmm. so it really is going back to that fight like what are you fighting to do uh, if my ancestors were fighting for physical freedom Mm -hmm. and psychological freedom from tormentors I'm fighting for that psychological Mm -hmm. freedom from the bondage that was placed on us for generations and generations and that is coming from us coming together we have to come together across the diaspora Mm -hmm. and the only way to do that is to continue to fight against the oppressive mentalities that we have the ingrained mentalities that we have of us being less than or us being um, different than each other to the point that we can't relate to each other Mm -hmm. we need to fight those mentalities us not being able to own businesses us not knowing what's good for our own people Mm -hmm. um, and needing someone else to take care of us or provide for us Mm -hmm. we are so rich in history Mm -hmm. culture everybody wants to be black well that's that's why they went over there to capture us that's that's the main takeaway they literally came over there to capture Africa because African people and enslave them because of the beauty, mm-hmm. the wealth, mm-hmm. and the knowledge that was mm-hmm. in that in the continent. Because so. they ain't created. No, no, they got it from us. That's why I always say everybody want to be black until it's time to be black. Well, so you well, just <laughs> woo, that's take a your topic. <laughs> that's fine. That's topic. a dissertation topic. Okay. We got your title now, wow. sis. Well, everybody wow. want to be black till it's time okay. to be black. So we got to celebrate our blackness. That's in it. Whatever form it comes in. And together. And together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key thing. Absolutely. Um, for me, man, my call to action came when I put my hand in the river of the last bath and knocked out about everything that I had been sitting on, mm-hmm. was too afraid to act on, to make a move on. And I'm like, I'm not just disappointed or letting myself down. Mm-hmm. These are the intentions of my ancestors, of my grandparents that are no longer here, nice. what they want. And I started thinking about how uh, one of my family members came up to me and he was like, I want you, this is a couple months ago, want you to write the history of our family, like just tell our family story. And in my head, I'm like, I'm in school right now. I'm in my first semester of my doctoral program. That sound cool. All right, I got you. But uh, not today because I got to I gotta get to these midterms in this paper. And I, I 
I thought about it literally every day since I went to the river in the last bath, and I said, I cannot sit on this. This is my duty to uh, my, to my answers. What do I want to pass down to my children and my family one day? And they deserve to know our family history, and I need to go back and trace it. Yeah. Um, and that is my call to action. I even think like in education, like, boy, school hasn't started yet. <laughs> but it is, I think it's going to be, it might be a little more difficult adjustment mm. uh, to go from a place or environment mm. that is all black mm-hmm. to being in an environment that is not all black, <laughs> that is predominantly white. We have some bomb ass black woman faculty members who I love, I cherish, I adore, um, but also in the context we still work within the realms of a predominantly white institution too. So um, it's going to be an interesting and I think a very curious journey um, to see not only what we take from this experience, but what we share with other people. And I hope that this is just part one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Actually like, huh? What? If y'all know me, I'm about gathering people and sharing the knowledge in the world. So this is just part one. Um, I'm reaching out to some other sister scholars that took the trip with us. Um, because I, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was, Ghana was everything that I needed and more, mm-hmm. right? And I... I cannot imagine my life being the same after this trip. Mm. Just being exposed to the knowledge that was taken away from us, mm. right? Um, and so I think it's my duty and my call to action, like Ashley just said, is how do I bring other people there um, to witness what we witness and not just sitting on. I feel like a lot of time people do like this immersion experiences mm-hmm. and then they come back to America. It's like, I <laughs> chunk up the deuces. And that's not, we can't, as black people, we cannot do that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so just thinking about what I'm going to do from this and that's part o- over, um, I'm excited to see what's next in store for both of us. Um, I'm excited to take another another journey through Ghana, and I'm excited to um, collaborate with uh, some of the Ghanaian students and mm-hmm. faculty that we met um, while we were in the country. So, Ghana calls. Ghana calls. Ghana calls. Wow. I think he gave me the title for this. Wow. <laughs> Ghana does call. That's a W-E-B the boy poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out. Uh, which was actually another place that uh, we experienced as well too. So, um, I'm going to post this. I'm going to share this out and it was good uh, talking to y'all. Ashley, you got any closing thoughts, sis? Y'all, liberate your minds. Be, be free. Be free. No, but seriously, y'all love on each other. Like, yeah. that's one of the main things that um, throughout this whole experience has been something prevalent and so entrenched in everything mm-hmm. that was Ghana. Love your people, love yourselves, love on one another. Like, be there for each other. Mm. It's not just my culture, your culture, it's our culture, it's yeah, our yeah, people, yeah. it's our history. Yeah. Like, now is our time. That's mm. why when W.E.B. Du Bois was Woo! writing okay. Ghana Calls, wow. Ghana Calls to each and every one of us. Yep. And not just Ghana, but the continent. Mm. Africa is calling you back. Africa is calling you home. So, 
you need to uplift your people wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be doing the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for what Black people have in store. I'm just, I'm just happy. Overall, I'm feeling joyful wow. about what we're gonna do in the future, all of us, you know, as Black folk, and how we're gonna unite our people. So I'm excited. All right. Well, we signing off, y'all. It was a good time talking to y'all. Stay black. Wow. Stay black. And wow. Stay wow. 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 <laughs> wow.